you have a Bible, I wonder if you can open it with me to uh, John chapter 21. John chapter 21. Starting at verse 15. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Lord, as we open up scripture today, we ask for that amazing touch of your Holy Spirit that comes and opens our hearts, our eyes, our minds, I pray, Lord, that each one of us would know that we've met with you. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, when you get to that certain age, past it, yeah, I know Jeff, so I can pick on him a bit today. Is that okay? You know, when you get to that certain age, when you get a letter through the post, and it says, will you come to the surgery? It's time to have a bit of a checkup. And you go and they take, I don't know how many vials of uh, blood from you and they check your heart and everything else. Well, this morning I felt it was, in thinking about when Mackie said, will you preach? On this day when you've made a covenant together, I think it was appropriate today to do a a heart checkup. Now let me just say, if your heart is palpitating a bit, Mark's the man to speak to and not me. I want to do a bit of a spiritual heart check up today. Where is your heart towards God? On this day of all days, when you've made covenants to each other, what's your heart towards each other in this room? And as we look to the world, as we've just seen, what's your heart to the world around us? Well, I find some interesting facts about hearts. Here are a few of them. Your heart pumped nearly 1.5 million barrels of blood during your lifetime. Is that right, Mark? Okay, so he's only a doctor. Okay, your heart beats over 100,000 times per day. I quite like this one. Eating dark chocolate every day, and I've been practicing this, reduces the risk of heart disease by one third. Okay, couples, what about this one then? Couples who are in love synchronize their heart rates by glazing into each other's eyes for three minutes. When you get home, folks... Let's see if that really does work. But it's interesting, isn't it? In, in John 21, Jesus and Peter has this discussion. Jesus turns to Peter and says, Peter, do you, as the NIV truly puts it, do you truly love me? And Peter responds, yes, Lord, I love you. The NIV tries to help us with what something's going on here. Remember those words, Peter, do you 
truly love me? Peter responds, yes, Lord, I, I love you. There's two words going on here. There's that first word called agape, which means passionate love, overwhelming love. So Jesus turns to Peter and says, Peter, do you love me passionately? Then there's this other word called philo, which means, Lord, you now have a deep affection for you. So the conversation goes like this. Peter, do you love me passionately with everything you are? And Peter looks at him and says, Lord, you now have an affection for you. I quite like Peter in this. Remember the Peter who boasts, Lord, if everybody else leaves you, I'll stand. Remember that? Or what about the Peter who got out the boat and walked on the water where everybody else stayed back in the boat? Peter was no longer boastful, was he? Because it wasn't that many days before when he denied Jesus. He had to hone his guilt in all of this. And maybe for some of us this morning, when we ask the question, do you love the Lord passionately? Maybe some of us turn to our own lives and look into our lives and see that actually we're no different than Peter this morning. So Jesus turns again, Peter, do you love me passionately? And Peter turns again and says, Lord, you know, I have an affection for you. This is where I think the most gracious words of Jesus comes into being. Because he turns to Peter and says, Peter, do you have an affection for me? And Peter says, Lord, you know I have an affection for you. Actually, the passages tell us that Peter was hurt. Why was he hurt? You see, Jesus wanted Peter to love him passionately with everything that he had. But he also knew where Peter was. And in this moment and in this special moment in time, Jesus came right down to where Peter was. Didn't condemn him. He says, Peter, let's start off where you are. Do you have an affection for me? Peter turns around and says, Lord, you know I have an affection for you. He meets him right at that moment. Before anybody starts to have a guilt trip this morning because you don't have a a massive passion for God, I want you to hear Jesus' words that he said to Peter. And I think the words for some of you this morning is, do you have an affection for me? If we can start from there, we can go on a journey. And believe me, before you know it, you will have a passion for me. So how are we to love God passionately? Well, again, if you've got a Bible, I wonder if you could turn to Luke and chapter 10. What's the greatest commandment? Do you remember? Love the, with all your heart, mind and soul. And there's a bit of the discussion that goes on here in Luke <laughs> chapter 10. 10 with this discussion with this man and Jesus said love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul with all your strength with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself what's passionate love we love the Lord with all our 
heart. It's interesting, on this occasion, Jesus uses those words. Before some of us jump to a conclusion, he's not talking about emotion here. To help you with uh, some Hebrew understanding, in the Old Testament, when it talked about loving someone with all your heart, it didn't use the word heart. You know, as well as I do, you feel with your gut. Do you know what I mean by that? If, you, if you're uptight, your gut goes uptight. If you feel relaxed, your, your gut feels relaxed. In the Old Testament, where you read the word heart, what it actually is saying is this. And you have a go home and try to say it to your wife, your husband. What you should be saying is, darling, I love you with all my bowel. So when Jesus says here, passionate love is meaning God with all your heart, he's not talking about that emotion at this point. He is talking about pure devotion to him, where your heart is, where your heart is, Jesus often says. That's where your desire is. To love God passionately means that actually God becomes our desire, our pure desire, I quite like uh, an ancient writer called A.W. Tozer. He says this, we're called to an everlasting preoccupation with God. He's my desire. He's my focus. Love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul. Now, this is the emotion bit. This is everything that I am. I love God. Now, you may be saying, Gary, I'm an Englishman. I don't have... And I don't do emotion. Every single one of us in this room are emotional people. Chaps, even you. Fascinating yesterday, driving past Ashton Gate football ground. I have to say, they were ahead for quite a lot of the match until they threw it away. You would hear the emotion that was going on at Ashton Gate yesterday afternoon in the match. Do you have children? I do. Yeah. A little girl, little boy? Yeah. I tell you what, if you want to see real emotion, if I brought them here and slapped them around the face, I would see emotion come. Is that true? All of us here are emotional people. What God is saying, if you want to love me passionately, it's not about just pure devotion. It's about everything that you have. And there should be times in our Christian life when we cannot help but cry. This is what Colossians says. Whatever you do, work with all your heart as working for the Lord. Listen, when you go to work tomorrow morning, some of you, when you... Uh, walk your children down to school work with all your hearts this is a work to God love the Lord your God with all your heart soul, strength and mind I did some reading about this and psychologist tells us we only use 10% of our brain at any one time 10% maybe what Jesus is saying here if you truly love me I can unlock that other 90% at any given time. You see, the Christian faith isn't about emotion, is it? That's a part of it. It isn't just about circumstance. 
It is about thinking things through and there's a logic about faith. If you are here this morning and you don't know the Lord Jesus, I want to say to you, I find it difficult logically to work out why a person doesn't become a Christian. Because the facts for me just add up. Maybe if you're struggling with that this morning, I would invite you to come and have a chat with me or one of the leaders here because the Christian faith is a logical faith. So he says here, to love God passionately involves all of those areas of your life. Let's go back to John chapter 21. You need to keep your finger in both places. Is that all right? Jesus says to Peter... Peter, do you love me passionately? Peter responds, Lord, I have an affection for you. Jesus' next words are these, feed my lambs. He turns to Peter and says, Peter, do you love me passionately? And Peter responds, Lord, I have an affection for you. He says, care for my sheep. Peter, do you have an affection? Lord, you know I have an affection for you. Feed my sheep. You see, I think to love the Lord God passionately is not just about me and God, but me and God's people too. That's why Jesus directs Peter to these words. It isn't about just you and me, Peter. It's about you and me and us together. I find it interesting if you do a study of the whole of the New Testament Majority of the times in the New Testament when it uses the word you, it uses the word you as in plural and not singular. Does that make sense? So often we read scripture, it says you do this and and you do that. It doesn't mean you as a single person. It, It means you. To be a truly passionate person with God this morning, to have a heart that's right, means that we're actually in love with each other. We get on with each other. That's why I got you to shake hands with those around you. Maybe you could have a, just have a quick look at them now. Have a quick look. They're a funny bunch, really, aren't they? You know, I have been pastors of three churches, actually. And I've been in church where I've known where people haven't got on. And in my mind's eye, I remember one situation where a couple would come every single Sunday and they would sit near the back. That's normally what they normally do. That's not to say anybody at the back. Is that okay? And they would cross their arms, not just like you're doing, but they would cross their arms and they would look there and they would sit there and they would frown. And I went and saw them after two or three months to pluck up courage, as you do as a pastor. And I sat down and I said to them these words. I said, do you love the Lord Jesus? And a beam came across her. You know, Gary, we love the Lord Jesus. And I said to them, do you love the people at the church? Well, the smile goes and they look at me and say, well, there are some people we get on with. So I asked them again, do you love the Lord Jesus? And they looked at me and said, well, Gary, there are some friends that we've got. You know, sometimes we can be extremely pious. But God wants a person of faith. 
you love the people of God? Peter, if you really love me passionately, you will serve the people of God. Peter, if you love me passionately, you will care for those in your fellowship. Peter, if you love me passionately, or even just with a deep affection, you will have a concern for those around you. Let me ask you this morning, what's your spiritual pulse rate like this morning? What's your love for God like? What's your heart for the people of God around you? I said you're going to be jumping around. Go back to that passage in Luke chapter 11. Is that okay? Uh, chapter 10. Is that okay? Because it's amazing words. Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. But it didn't finish there, did it? How does it continue? Love your neighbor as your self. You know, if we're going to have a heart that's right with God, it's not just that you and I, God, are really together today. It's not a case that we are, as the people of God, really getting on well in serving and we love each other and care for each other. It's that we have a love for the neighbor. That's why Jesus goes on and tells this amazing parable of the good Samaritan. Now, this is where you're going to need to do some work this morning. Is that ready? All of you are going to have to go at this. First question. In this passage, what does it tell us about the man that was attacked? Does that make sense? What does it tell us about the man was attacked? You've got about 15 seconds. Well, the way you've done it is probably about 20, okay? You've got 20 seconds. What does the passage tell us about the man that was attacked? Okay? In twos, threes, where you are, go. Uh, Have a look, have a look. We'll we'll come back and feed back in a minute. Is that all right? What does it tell us about the man that was attacked? Okay, your opportunity. What does it tell us about the man that was attacked? He was traveling. He was traveling. He was a Samaritan. He was a Samaritan. On his own. He was on his own. <laughs> Actually, what does the passage really say? Where does Samaritan? But what does the passage say? Let me read it to you. There was a man. It tells us what he did, but it tells us nothing about him. Absolutely nothing. It doesn't tell us how old he was or how young he was. My Sunday school teacher told me that he was attacked by robbers and he was a wealthy man and he was left in the gutter. Actually... He could have been a robber who robbed somebody who was attacked by the other robbers and left. Does that make sense? All it tells us that this was a man. How do we love our neighbours as ourselves? What I'm trying to make here is this point. It doesn't matter who the person is that we live by, work by, walk by. What mattered is that actually this man was in need. 
We're told about these people who, who travelled by that way. We, we talked about a priest. Now a priest is a person who represents the people of God to God. We're told that he was travelling from where? Jerusalem to So he was leaving that place of worship. He's just finished representing the people of God to God. He was walking away from that and he saw this man and he carried on. How easy it is for the people of God to focus on God but forget to look in the world around us. Then we get to this Levite. A Levite's job is to ensure that worship is done correctly. And properly. He was travelling from Jerusalem down to. So it insinuates here that he was travelling just coming out from worship. Made sure that worship was done properly. It's a bit like us as we go out of this place today and we travel home. And he takes notice of the man but does nothing about him. Then we get this Samaritan, this, forgive me, I don't know a better word to describe it, a bit of an half-breed, really. He wasn't truly a Jew, and he had some Jewish background. His, His heritage tells us that the rest of his ancestors, well, they mixed up their worship instead of keeping united to God. But this person came along, he looked at the man, I find this passage really interesting. It says he had compassion on him. He was moved. He didn't have to do this. It moved him so much he got down. He got his toga dirty and filthy and he knelt down and he helped this person. He gave them oil. He put him on his donkey, took him to an inn. He paid the innkeeper and said, next time I come by, if I owe you any more money, I'll pay it to you. And he went off on his way. Okay, 30 seconds. You ready? The man that was attacked and helped, what was his response to all of this? Are you ready? 15 seconds in your small groups. Go. What was his response to all of this? Okay, what was his response? Are you hopeless? What was his response? He allowed him to help him. Actually, I'm not trying to be rude to you. You're dead right. It doesn't tell us. Doesn't tell us what the man's response is. You see, so often in Christian church, we, we run a program to do these for this group of people to help them and support them. Because in the back of our heads, we're going to take them on a journey and they're going to get to this place. What Jesus says, if you're going to love your neighbor as yourself, is about loving them for who they are. Not what you expect to get out of it at the end. Does that make sense? That's a huge impact, by the way, when we start to look at activities and programs in church life. The man had compassion. He didn't have a program about it. Let me ask you, what's your heart rate like this morning? What's your heart towards God? Do you love him passionately? Or maybe this morning you have an affection for him. 
What's your heart rate for the people in this church? Do you love them? Do you pick up the phone when they're not around? Do you take your meal around without anybody asking when you know that they're not well? What's your pulse like this morning? What's your pulse like when you go about your everyday, normal day? Do you see the people around you? In Nelsey, that's where I live. Outside of Waitrose, because we're posh. We have a lady that sells the big issue. I sat down on the village green. That sounds rather posh too, but it's about the size of this stage. And, and I watched. And as I watched, I watched people just pass her with disdain. Because she's Eastern European. Some of the best people are. Fascinating to watch others when she said, would you buy the big issue? And some of them turn and just shake their heads and walk by. Even those who stop and give her the money to buy the big issue, they just do that and walk by. No one, no one I've seen sat down speaking to her. No one knows about her. No one knows actually she lives in Cardiff. And because there are so many big issue sellers in Cardiff... She wouldn't get any money, so she comes by car that someone drops her off in Nelsey for the day, and they go off and drop other people around the other communities and pick her up at the end of the day. No one asked her about that. No one asked her about her family that still are back in Romania while she lives in Cardiff. If you have a passion for people, you get down to where they are and you... You appreciate for people who they are. What's, what's your pulse here for the world that Jesus died for? Gave up everything for? Maybe for some of us this morning, Lord, you know I love you passionately. And I want to say to you, love him even more than that. For some of us this morning, we say... We have an affection for the Lord Jesus. And Jesus says to you, I come to where you are. Recognize your own weakness. And let's go on a journey together. I invite you to close your eyes. An easy thing to say, I love you, Lord. Much harder when I'm asked just what I mean I love the thought of love the proposition warms my heart that love can make the world go round and conquer all and is a many splendid thing the comfort cliches fall like autumn leaves blankets the mind in drift of vague goodwill that's not enough I hear you asking Peter fresh from denial, just what he meant by love. Your question cutting with a loving kindness deep into the bone of truth, a painful surgery that brought him back to life. I hear you asking me. I'd rather leave that question there with Peter, Lord. It digs too much below the skin. The easy certainties of early faith seem somehow shallow 
when I face them with a cross, the measure of your love for me. I love you, yes, but hesitate to claim too much. All I can do is stand and say, well, kneeling might be a better thing, as Peter did. Lord, you know all things. My words don't count. It's what you see that speaks the truth. Lord, for all of us in this room, we're amazed by your amazing, gracious love to us. That you love us so very, very much that you gave everything for us. We thank you for the Lord Jesus. Lord, we confess, just like Peter, that sometimes we declare things with our mouths, but our actions have shown something very different. Sorry, Lord, for the times when we haven't loved your people. Sorry when we held bitter, painful thoughts about others. Sorry, Lord, that we've walked through this world and haven't recognised the people around us that you died for. And you command us, call us to love and expect nothing back. Please, Lord, by your Holy Spirit this morning, Come and do heart surgery amongst us. Come and warm our hearts. Come to get our hearts beating again, please, Lord. Come and renew them towards yourself. In Jesus Christ's name. Amen.